Section 10 of The Beginning of the Middle Ages by Richard William Church. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 5 The Franks, Part 2. But however the Goths in Spain might have worked out their political career, their course was rudely arrested. The little cloud, which in the beginning of the seventh century had arisen in Arabia, had by the beginning of the eighth swelled and spread into a devastating storm sweeping round all the coasts of the Mediterranean. In 622, the flight of Mohammed from Mecca to Medina had fixed a new era in history, the Hegira. In the ten years which intervened between it and his death in 632, he had established a new religion in Arabia, and converted the tribes of Arabia, or the Saracens, into its armed and enthusiastic apostles. While the Goths had been settling their laws, while their kings had been marshalling their court after the order of Byzantium, the Saracens had been drawing nearer and nearer. At the time that Chintilla, between 636 and 640, was driving out the Jews, the Saracens were taking Damascus and Alexandria. While the fierce old man Chindasuintha was crushing rebel nobles and reforming the law, they were making their next step and invading Africa. While his son was ordering the offices of the court of Toledo after the imperial model, they were beginning their first nine years' siege of Constantinople, 668 to 677. Their fleets had begun to attack the Spanish coast, though they had always been repulsed. But in Spain they had two allies. The Jewish race, there and in Africa, smarting under their persecutions, and the factions, the ambitions, and the corruption of the high clergy and nobles. A traitor, it is said, Count Julian, invited the Saracens, and they came, burning their ships behind them. The tremendous battle of Guadalete near Cadiz, lasting a whole summer week from Sunday to Sunday, July 19 through 26, 711, decided the fate of the kingdom and the course of its history. It was to Spain what the Battle of Hastings was to England. The Gothic nobility perished in large numbers. King Roderick, the last Gothic king, was never seen again. In ten years' time, the Saracen invasion had overwhelmed almost the whole country, and there was nothing left in Spain to Christianity and the European races but the mountains of the Asturias and Old Castile. Spain was the only one of the new Teutonic nations which was beaten down by an entirely alien power. It did not finally succumb. In the northern provinces the Christians not only rallied, but from their mountain fastnesses began a series of unintermitted attacks on the Mahometans. Behind the screen of the Spanish highlands, new kingdoms were organized. Asturias, 718. Oviedo, 737, Leon, 914, Navarre, 905, Aragon, Castile, 1035. At length the tide of invasion began to roll southward till the Moors were swept away, but several centuries of the early national life of Spain were consumed in that most terrible and demoralizing discipline 
in which unsparing hatred is elevated to a heroic virtue, the discipline of a religious warfare. Of all the new nations, the Franks alone, though perpetually troubled with intestine quarrels, maintained their comparative exemption from the external shocks and disasters which fell on their neighbours. Strong enough to keep together and to hold their own, they deepened the foundations of their power over Gaul and the lands of the Rhine, enjoying their own rich and magnificent heritage, asserting their supremacy over the heathen tribes of the German border. For more than three centuries after the Teutonic conquest, the Franks held the foremost place among the new nations. When Rome fell, says Otto of Friesingen, a German chronicler of the twelfth century, Francia, the Frank race and kingdom, for we must not yet begin to translate by the later and narrower France, arose to take the crown. The phrase is of course exaggerated, but it expresses with truth the comparative prominence of the Franks. It is the more remarkable, because the kingdom of Clovis, instead of continuing in the hands of a single ruler, was immediately broken up, under his descendants, into separate kingdoms, acknowledging a loose tie of unity, and from time to time brought together, but always ready to fly apart again. And further, in the family of Clovis, the Mervings, or Merovingians, there is no sign, with one inconsiderable exception, the Austrasian king Dagobert, 628-638, to of the political aims, or of the military capacity, which appear among the Goths of Spain and the English in Britain. The history of the Frank kings in Gregory of Tours is a sickening story of lawless and unbridled self-indulgence, of domestic hatreds, treachery, and cruelty. Brother was ever ready to assail and conspire against brother, to take him at advantage, to exterminate his children. Their attempts at enlarging their domains at one another's expense were usually as feeble and stupid as they were unscrupulous. Their prevailing and monotonous brutality was only checked by superstitious fears of the wrath of St. Martin of Tours. It was only varied by good-natured licentiousness and perfidy such as that of King Guntram of Orléans, or by pedantry like that of King Chilperic of Soissons, the Nero and Herod of our time, as Gregory calls him, but who also dabbled in heresy, tried to add new letters to the Latin alphabet, and wrote Latin verses which would not scan. But the Frank race, with their territorial chiefs, still Teutonic in the main, though in the West and South becoming less so in each successive generation, preserved the vigor, the audacity, the fighting qualities of their blood. They occupied a land of great natural wealth and great geographical advantages which had been prepared for them by Latin culture. They inherited great cities which they had not built, and fields and vineyards which they had not planted, and they had the wisdom not to destroy but to use their conquest. They were able with singular ease and confidence to employ and trust the services, civil and military, of the Latin population. There is no appearance of any native rising to take advantage of their internal discords till late in the decline of the family of Clovis. Then at last, and too late, 
the great southwestern province of aquitaine with its natural riches and its flourishing cities its roman and gothic memories its turbulent and warlike native tribes the tribes which have left their names and portions of it vascones gascony basques struck boldly and obstinately for independence and gave much trouble to the successors of the merovingians the mighty founders of the carolingian dynasty the bond between the franks and the native races was the clergy from the time of clovis their kings had deliberately favoured the latin clergy their patronage was deeply mischievous to the purity of the church but it helped forward the alliance and the fusion between germans and latins the forces of the whole nation were at the disposal of the ruling race and under frank chiefs the latins and gauls learned once more to be warriors thus strengthened the franks not only repelled any pressure from beyond the rhine or the alps but they kept invasion at a distance by being themselves assailants they were the one race whom the spirit of invasion carried backwards over their old steps and to their old seats the one nation which after settling in the west flowed back across the rhine and attempted again and again from gaul the conquest of italy first from narses and then from the lombards narses defeated them the lombards for a long time held their own while the family of clovis ruled the franks ravaged italy but never subdued it but over the german nations frisians and saxons thuringians bavarians and alamans the frank kings asserted an imperfect and contested but persistent supremacy frank kings allied in blood though perpetually quarrelling were felt to be the heads of the teutonic nations from the frisian marshes between the mouths of the rhine and the vesa to the valleys and lakes of the alamans in what is now switzerland but among the franks as among other nations two opposite tendencies were continually at work the tendency to aggregation and national unity and the tendency to dispersion and independence there were further among the franks though they were so friendly to latin culture conflicting dispositions to gravitate in the eastern lands toward what was german and in the western lands toward what was latin one of these conflicts was represented by the continual division and reunion of the kingdom of clovis divided at first among his four sons the different portions were merged or shared as death removed one or more of the partners till all the shares came into the hands of a survivor clotar of soissons in five fifty eight who again began the division among his children with the same result eight times in the course of a century and a half east and west franks burgundy and aquitaine had been divided three times but only for a few years they had been reunited under one king but further in these divisions with great fluctuations of boundaries and possessions two distinct centres of different national influences gradually disclose themselves the francia romana and the francia teutonica the frankland surrounded by a latin population and the original frankland bordering on the rhine and recruited from beyond it came by natural and necessary causes to be more and more contrasted with one another 
from the middle of the sixth century the teutonic or eastern division became more distinctly defined it became known as auster austrasia with reims and then with metz for its capitals in speech and feeling it was thoroughly german and there was the focus of german influence the land of the western franks acquired an opposition to austrasia the name of neuster neustria a name the origin of which is not clear the new or younger or western kingdom and which is also found with the corresponding austria a western and eastern division among the lombards of the north of italy clovis's old capital paris was its natural centre but paris was sometimes claimed as a joint possession by his descendants and then soissons or tournay were the residences of its kings burgundy still a separate province and sometimes a separate kingdom with orleans or chalons sur seine for capitals gradually became joined to neustria aquitaine with its wealth and its latin cities was at first shared by the different brother kings and then became the prize of the strongest but while austrasia continued german the franks of the west were acquiring more and more a latin character still with wide and increasing differences these great divisions formed one and the same frank kingdom frank in opposition to roman as well as to gothic lombard saxon or slav for a long time it seemed uncertain whether what clovis had conquered was to be one realm or many it seemed equally doubtful whether german influences and german languages were not to prevail to the atlantic the pyrenees and the mediterranean three centuries passed before this great question was settled but very slowly and by an insensible change not easy to trace in detail the two great countries which the frank settlement had for a time partially united were again finally divided and gaul though under a new name derived from the german occupation drifted back into its latin sympathies and its opposition to germany End of section 10